This is Off the Dome, verbal fellatio on love, spirituality, and everything in between. Here, I hit you with a bit of unfiltered musings from an always Brooklyn, Caribbean-rooted, sarcasm-driven, intellectually and spiritually guided girl. Step inside my casually unfiltered world and let's get into the things. I, I, hey y'all, I was going to start talking and I don't know what happened, but I just decided to kind of like pause and stuff. (laughs) How y'all doing? So let's just get right into it, right? I have never been chosen. I figured that was the perfect place to start, right? I just felt like the right place to start today's episode. But I have never been chosen. It's a simple line. And you're probably wondering why I'm saying it. Me of all people. Confident, poised, articulate, cute, intelligent, driven. All adjectives used to describe me at one point or another in my life. And they're all accurate. Adjectives like... Of course, but the one word that has never been associated with me is wife. I have a complicated relationship with that, or at least I did. Let me explain. All right. Now, fair warning. Some of these thoughts may come across as a little bit all over the place and they're not. By now, if you've been tuning in for some time, then you know that I do this. This kind of meandering skip across all of my thoughts. But in the end, I always circle the black and bring it back to real time. It's kind of like when you clean your room, you know. And what you might find yourself doing is you start on one end of the room. And then you kind of see something across the room. And you go, you tackle that. But then at the end, the room is still clean. That's me. Those are my thoughts. It's giving very ADHD, but it's me. So just rock with me, all right? So again, if you've been tuning in for a little while, then you know that I'm single and you know that I've said that it's mostly by choice. And I promised I would explain what that meant. So here we go. I'm going to say it's 80% by choice and 20% not by choice. And the 80% is pretty simple. I'm determined to maintain the flow, the peace, the sanctuary that I've cultivated for myself in the six years since my last relationship. I have embarked on an accidental spiritual journey that led me to intentional growth and purposeful alignment. And that was a mouthful. I know, but I'm like, it's true. I'm okay with being single if the opposite means disrupting that peace. Pin that, of course. Now, the 20%. There's 20% of me that misses the physical intimacy of being in a relationship, being kissed, kissing someone, caring for someone that is a partner, being courted, going out to dinner for a meal that I didn't have to pay for, eating a meal that I didn't have to prepare, the intimacy of quiet conversation. I have my moments when I crave that. 
So far, though, I have yet to encounter anyone that I am willing to trade the 80% for who is equally as willing to take the leap without doubt or without shenanigans. Pin that part. My early to mid-20s was chock full of all the shenanigans that I could easily do without for the rest of my life. Easily. Following that, my dating and relationship life was full of a lot of lessons, interesting interactions with men who always loved what I brought to their life, but who never brought me fully into their lives. And if I was to be fair, Mars and Libra, I strive to be as fair as realistically I can be in this season of continuous change and elevation, I didn't always bring me fully into their lives either. One of the things that my girlfriends and I would do when we were in our 20s, and I'm sure you probably do something similar with your girlfriends too, or if you're a guy, like if you're one of my dudes listening, then you do this with your boys, right? Is that we would talk about the dudes in our lives and we would name them. (laughs) Okay, by we, I mean me. Now, the litmus test was if I gave you a decent name, you had potential, If I actually called you by your real name, like your government name, I liked you. If you got called by your government name, like your full government name, though, I was probably irritated with you. And finally, of course, if I called you that dude over there, if I hadn't already broken up with you, well, I was on my way too. Take disappearing acts, for example. So disappearing acts I came up with on the heels of reading the book of the same name, by Auntie Terry, Macmillan, that is. Or maybe it was after having seen the movie. Could easily be both, but I digress. Either way, in the book, the title characters, Franklin and Zora, had this whirlwind, on-again, off-again relationship, and sometimes he would just dip without explanation. I distinctly remember Wesley Snipes' character playing Franklin in the movie, and watching him in those denim, the, the chambray button downs and the slightly creased Timberland boots. Because yes, he actually did work in them. And he would hang out on the steps of her brownstone. And I don't know why that particular scene always plays in my head, but it does. So maybe that's how the name for the disappearing acts in my life kind of came to be. I don't know. But anyway, disappearing acts was a cool dude. We went on a few dates before we first slept together and we would talk every day. He was intelligent. He was poised. He was articulate. He was good in bed. And then one day he went ghost. So me, I felt away for a little bit, but I quickly got over and I moved on. Right. And so I want to say about a month or two later, when all of a sudden he hits me up, like, well, what's good? Like nothing had ever happened. And I distinctly remember calling my girlfriend to be like, um, yo, what the fuck? (laughs) And of course, we had to kiki about it a little before I responded. For the record, 40-year-old me would have blocked him on sight. On sight. Shoot, even 30-year-old me would have laughed at a text message to him and then blocked him. 25-year-old me, who was still feeling her way through this new dating world, following the on again, off again, sometimes relationship, most times situationship shenanigans. That girl wanted to know what the fuck is up. So I played along 
And I feel like his explanation wasn't like a slam dunk sort of like, oh yes, that explains everything away sort of thing. But it was enough for us to start vibing again and enough for me to call him disappearing axe from then on out. Hence the name. And it became a running line for a couple of years. He would dip out for a couple of weeks, circle the block, and the dance would just like continue. And if I had to be completely honest, after the second time, it became an entertaining game to me. How long is he going to do this dip and fall back like the Patra song? But truthfully, there was always this really quiet, really shy, not quite speaking with their chest yet voice that would say, why are you entertaining this? It was usually accompanied by the slightly louder chorus of, what is wrong with me? The louder voice wasn't crazy, crazy loud in this situation, but it was loud enough that I heard it and I would think about it every now and again. Clearly not long enough to, to, to do anything about it, but I did finally have enough after a particularly frustrating situation where I'd asked him to do me a favor since he was heading out of the country to where I already was. And he'd agreed to do it only to flake on me at the very last minute. What made that situation even worse was that I really needed the favor to be done. So after that, I was the one that did the disappearing act. Like I was over it. Fast forward about a year or so, and he reached out to say hi, see how I was doing. By then, I had long since been over the game, the dance, and while I entertained the casual conversation for a couple of days, or maybe it was weeks, I don't know, I pulled the trigger on a letter that I'd written him that I had promised myself I would make sure I sent if he ever decided to reach back out to me. And get this, he was shocked that I no longer wanted to continue this strange relationship or even friendship. Shocked, like actually shocked. Funny enough, I'll never forget what he said. He said, I will say I appreciate you and tried in my own unique way to show that I do without trying to get something in return. This was in his emailed response to my email where he said he felt blindsided, <laughs> blindsided by me wanting to step off the hamster wheel. <sighs> Obviously, there was some point that I realized that whatever or whoever he was hiding factored into this whole disappearing act scenario, and I just didn't care anymore. I only like to play board games during a lime, not be a pawn in the game. But what I found so interesting were my own choice of words when I stepped off the ride. I remember saying, I loved you then. I may not have said that last part because I didn't see the relationship being on enough footing to say that especially when you said you didn't want a relationship but I did I just wanted him at that time to decide that whoever I was was enough to want to cultivate something more than great sex and good conversation was I not worthy of being chosen then there's must-see TV, y'all. <laughs> now I'm a zenial. I just missed being a Gen Xer by a year. There have since been many micro-generations that have been added since they first created the whole Gen X, 
baby boomer millennial timeline but i'm not 100 percent a millennial either most of my crew and i are all part of this extra crispy micro generation that falls right in between generation x and generation y or the millennials i say all of that to say that if you're a zennial or even an elder millennial then you know exactly what must see tv was back in the day it was this collection of four half-hour-long sitcoms that made the Thursday night comedy lineup on NBC. And the shows were really entertaining and funny, and you knew you were going to laugh. Like, you knew you were going to laugh, and you knew you were going to see good acting. Must see TV. That's what they called it. So this dude I met at a little backyard line at my cousin's house, and I think he was fixing his car or something in the garage while everything else was kind of going on around him. And I, normally the type of person, normally the type of woman, really, to let a guy approach me first, decided to Sadie Hawkins dance the whole thing and approach him first. Shoot my shot, if you will. He was dark chocolate and he was nicely toned and attractive. Worst worst case scenario, I'd have a story to tell. Clearly, I still have a story to tell. (laughs) So we went on a couple of dates and his birthday fell in between this time. He was a Scorpio. Should have known, right? Now, the elevated me looks back on this time and watches this version of herself like, bitch, the fuck is you doing? And to be fair to my spiritual court, they tried to stop me too. I think I realized it soon after I had already done it, but I was completely thinking with my little brain versus my big brain. Yes, women have little brains that they think with too. Just saying. But long story short, right? I decided to take him to dinner and then like to rent a little space by the water for us to spend the night. And of course, everything that could have probably gone wrong did indeed go wrong up to and including the car breaking down on the way to the restaurant and then again on the way to the hotel. And then before that, struggling to get the hotel even booked, even though I had more than enough money available on my card yo they tried really hard to stop me clearly i was not paying attention enough fast forward about a month and this dude was in my ear talking about he loves me and he could see a future with me and etc etc this would be around the time that he began to get the name must see tv because i knew i knew that he was as my daughter would say capping We'd only known each other three months and we did not really know each other that well, like at all. Like, sure, I knew him in like the carnal or biblical sense, right? I knew what kind of food he preferred. He was Jamaican born and fairly traditional. So he was very heavy on like the Caribbean, you know, them heavy car beats and that kind of thing and not too much else to my everlasting annoyance. But to be able to know him enough to say that I was falling for him, eh, nah. And I knew for an absolute fact that he didn't know me well either because I hadn't shared much of myself yet. Intentionally so. Again, must-see TV. There was something about him that didn't sit quite right. And until I figured out what that something was, I was not sharing more than was absolutely necessary. But the sex was good. (laughs) One day soon, we'll have an in-depth conversation about divine masculine and divine feminine energy. But the one thing that I've known about myself for some time now is that my energy leans very masculine and has for years. 
Remember what I had been talking about Marjorie's husband, you know, his book and how I had been acting like a woman and thinking like a man well before the book ever dropped. Yeah, that's me. But let me not stray too far off track, right? So Musty TV had broken his phone and needed to get it replaced, which was going to take a few days. And I knew that. But he had an iPad. So we would use that to communicate like via email throughout the day. This was like my pre-iPhone phase. So this is when I used to have my BlackBerry. Matter of fact, I don't even think I was working in restaurants yet. I think I was still teaching. Huh. Anyway, so I get an email from him close to the end of the day. And I'm thinking it's a response to where we gonna, you know, roll to for our next date. <laughs> no, Sadalin. It was his girlfriend. <laughs> Must see TV. This started a two hour long conversation of comparing notes. I knew he had to work on his birthday. No, my dear. He was with me on his birthday. You sure? I'm 100% positive. I have the literal receipts and all the broken down car pictures to prove it. And the cheating that was realizing that the cheating was so gone. Remember what I said, right? F the buns. They still gonna cheat. Yes, I absolutely did dump him. And the dump him was so epic that I wrote a story about it. A short one, if you will. And maybe one day I'll share it. But that's not the point of today's discussion. What's more important here is the aftermath that came a couple of years later in the form of a random update from my cousin. Hey girl, so you know so-and-so marry that crazy chick? Wait, nah, wait. The girlfriend? The baby one? She was eight years younger than me at the time. That he cheated on with me? Who threw all his clothes out the window and changed the locks and broke her own MacBook? That one? Well, I dodged the bullet. I know that. And then the small voice, even still. Well, damn. I can't even get this one to choose me. Not like I wanted him or anything, right? But shit, really? And it was around then that I knew that some serious healing and inner work and possibly therapy was needed. So what did I do? Oh, y'all already know that I was in another relationship by then. Come on now. Come, 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 come. <laughs> also, clearly I eventually did do the healing and the inner work and the therapy. Just to put that out there. That's how we've gotten to the podcast. But that's how it goes for so many of us. Before we take a step, or in my case, multiple steps back and take a hard look at ourselves and the roles that we have to play in not receiving that which we desire or that we claim we desire, you got to do it first. Now, I've said on a number of episodes that it took me a while to decide that getting married was something, excuse me, that I wanted to do. I never saw it for myself. And I think that being quote unquote chosen ties into it. So on my Instagram feed, I like to post in my stories a word of the day every day. And a word of the day is simple. It's usually an affirmation or a statement or a call to action for daily living. Sometimes it comes from a gospel singer. Sometimes it comes from an Ianifa or a Baba that I follow. Sometimes it's a priest. Or in this case, it comes from one of my favorite spiritual diviners. So she threw out this affirmation and call to action, and it stopped me dead in my tracks. I'm going to drop it here because I really think that it's the perfect tie-in. 
It's a dangerous game you play when you continue to water yourself down to become more palatable to others. This act of humbling yourself will cause you to develop new insecurities that you didn't have before. It robs you of your essence and authenticity. And more importantly, it'll trick you into believing what people try to project onto you. You've heard me talk about false humility before. And the tie into this here is part of the reason that I didn't think that I ever wanted to be married. I heard for two decades straight that my voice was too loud. My intelligence is too much. Oh, don't be too sarcastic. Humble yourself. People don't like it when you think you're better than them. Oh, you'd be so pretty if you lost 10 pounds. Ever consider getting a weave? I think you'd look good in, or like, really, I think you'd look better with the longer hair. No guy wants anyone that's smarter than them. Be meek. Don't talk so much about your accomplishments or like where you've been. It sounds like you're bragging. On and on and on the list went. And for decades, it permeated my psyche. And because some of the things that they said were things that I was already in my head about, what with the like alopecia and the eczema and the big personality waiting to come out and the extra 10 to 20 pounds that I was, you know, trying to lose depending on the time period we're talking about here, especially during my like formative school years because I was a performance dancer. And before you knew it, I was walking with everyone else's insecurities and I'd made them my own. So now who's going to marry me? Let me make sure that I don't miss anything. Let me make, let me constantly work on myself. Let me be perfect or no one's going to want me. No one's going to pick me. No one's going to choose me. And then when men did, I transformed into this people pleaser who wanted to make sure that she didn't miss anything. Made sure that they had whatever they needed. And I stopped choosing myself. And that, my friends, is the key to being chosen that they do not teach you. You have to start by choosing yourself. Like, how could I possibly expect to find the partner that I was desiring to have now that I knew what I wanted and expect them to treat me the way that I wanted to be treated when I didn't treat myself that way? What example were they going to be following? What, where were they gleaning it from? Surely not the one where I took care of them and not myself. Which leads me to the first time that I chose myself. And you may remember in one of the last episodes where I mentioned that my last relationship was a relationship, sort of. So at the halfway mark, when I knew with absolute certainty that he cheated on me. And we had, we had our come to Jesus meeting, as I like to call it. And things got better for a little bit. I distinctly remember looking in the mirror and being shocked at what I saw. Sallow skin. My hair had started falling out again after years of it not, even in the locks that I had. I'd gained weight and I was starting to notice it. And it wasn't like the fun relationship weight that you kind of put on sometimes. And what did I do? I threw more of myself into my work because work was something that I knew I could work through and perfect effortlessly. But soon I began to really start to pay attention to the benchmarks of normal relationships that weren't happening here. 
He knew and had hung out with my family, my friends. I had not hung out with his though. I knew his mother and I knew his uncle and his cousin very well, but mostly because they who were usually at his house whenever I happened to be there or when I, when I came by. I used to get the occasional just because gift, not so much anymore. And the relationship deteriorated slowly as my intuition and confidence began to grow. That little voice had finally started getting louder. The voice that said, not sure what we doing here, but I promise you, it needs to change. He had gotten comfortable with doing the bare minimum because I let him. And as you know, I did eventually leave. Now, <laughs> remember when I also told you I got closure, right? And he told me all the reasons he didn't believe he deserved me and how he moved in accordance with that. The part that I did not tell you, though, is that guess what? <laughs> Y'all ready? He got married. <laughs> he sure did. And of all the times of wanting to be chosen, of all the times when that little voice asks what's wrong with me, that little voice was never, ever louder than it was in those moments that I found that out. Because here's the thing. I wanted to marry that man. Of all the people I've ever seriously been with, I wanted to marry him. And that was not a secret. Clearly less so towards the end, but absolutely in the first two and a half years. Obviously, there's nuance, right? And there's a few things that I'm leaving out here, mainly because some of it is not my story to tell. And you will notice that as I retell these stories, my goal is not to be the victim in them or to blow up anyone else's spot. I'm really just recapping the spaces they occupied in my life and how I was able to grow and evolve from them. So in this one, I cannot tell a lie. I low-key cussed him out. Clean. Clean, clean. I was pretty upset about that one. But in the reasons why, the one thing he said to me that stopped me cold, he said, I knew that if I did, if I told you what was going on, you would have stopped your life to help me. I didn't want you to feel like you had to do that. So I made the decision for you. And in the conversations that followed, though I told him flat out, that wasn't your decision to make for me. I realized that for the first time ever, someone had actually indeed chosen me. It just didn't look the way I thought it would. That's the biggest thing about expectations that I've learned over the years. We think that some things are meant to look a certain way and we expect them to play out a certain way to receive the outcome we desire. The problem is God, your ancestors, the people them as I like to call my spiritual court, your guardian angels, they tend to have a sense of humor. So when I pray, one of the things that I always say is if it's in my highest good. I've learned in the years on my journey to healing that you can have the outcome that you desire, but that it might not actually happen the way that you thought that it would, which is why being clear when you speak what you desire is so important. It's like the story about the genie who grants three wishes, and one of the wishes is to be the tallest man or something like that. And the genie shrinks him. Or when you wish for a million dollars and you get it because 
someone passed away and you inherited it. It's the epitome of be careful what you wish for. So in this quest, in this desire to be chosen, quote unquote, the one where it took me being that backed into a proverbial corner to choose myself, the person who I wanted to choose me, again, note the air quotes, did indeed choose me. They chose to hire me, the me that they wanted to see succeed and grow and be happy and productive. And it actually was the single most selfless thing they'd ever done for me. And no, of course, we don't talk anymore. I don't play that married man game. And I won't get into why else we don't really speak and that we can't be friends. But if he happens to come across this podcast and listen, thank you. I didn't get it when you said it before. I get it now. And I genuinely wish him happiness. True happiness. Just over there. Just not over here. <laughs> I've had a complicated relationship with being chosen. It's me that overcomplicated it for years. It's not that hard. The only person that needs to choose me is me. Choosing to love me, choosing to truly love me, is the biggest choice that I can make and I've never been happier to be consistently doing it. Checking on the off the top conversation in our Facebook group, where we really get into the actual things behind the scenes and the topic of the day. And, and I know, I know you will probably have a lot to say on this one. But seriously, I thank you for listening to my personal healing journey. I'm grateful. There's those memoirs. Attitude, but you can't get enough. She like food, Caribbean girl.